welcome to the Kona Edge, where you'll discover what the best triathletes in the world do to give them the edge. Welcome on to this edition of the Kona Edge. I must have been one of those kids growing up that... Uh, sort of in junior school just absolutely loved story time because these are my favorite days on the cone edge where i get to share some uh, cool stories of uh, people who have triumphed people who have had to overcome uh, major obstacles uh, and have got pretty cool stories to tell about Ironman Triathlon, and today is absolutely no different. I am so amped to share Tina Eakin's story uh, here on the podcast. I think it's uh, one that is truly inspirational, and hope that you'll get a lot out of it. And uh, don't ever give up. That's what it's all about. So that's coming up on today's podcast. Before we get into that, though, if this is the first time you're listening to the podcast, thank you for joining us. And uh, if I could ask you a huge favor, if uh, it's not the first time you're listening to it, uh, is to just help us spread the word. Uh, it's one of the things that really moves the needle and helps us grow this podcast. It's, uh, I see it as my, my virtual tip jar. So if you'd like to help us out, a lot of work goes into to putting these things together. And uh, yeah, I, I like to think I'm offering a lot of value and uh, giving it uh, to you. So if you wouldn't mind uh, just helping us grow a little bit and sharing uh, the Cone Edge. So if you listen to this episode and you think it's uh, cool and you got a lot out of it, uh, yeah, pop it onto your social media feed and uh, share it with your network or simply uh, just take the whole feed uh, and share the Kona Edge with your network as well. It is uh, hugely appreciated. And please do tag me uh, on it. I'd love to, 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 to just say thank you on social media and give you a shout out. So uh, you can do it either with the Kona Edge or to myself. Uh, so across the board, we are the Kona Edge uh, on the various platforms. And uh, me personally, at Big Brad Brown is where you'll find me. So uh, yeah, come and look me up. And uh, yeah, do give us uh, a shout out if you wouldn't mind. It would be massively, massively appreciated. Coming up next, before we head over to uh, California, is our coach's corner. Today's Coach's Corner is brought to you by Susan Kitchen at Race Smart. As a lifelong endurance athlete, Susan, the owner of Race Smart, has uh, an up-close and personal understanding of the challenges many endurance athletes encounter, from sports nutrition to a training program designed specifically around your busy lifestyle. Susan has completed more than 25 marathons, more than 20 half marathons, eight Ironmans, and is a two-time Kona qualifier. Regardless of your athletic ability, age, or fitness level, proper nutrition, developing healthy habits, and consistent training play a fundamental role in supporting your health and performance goals. Whether your focus is weight loss, improving performance, or managing a health condition in an active lifestyle, Susan's expert insights and personalized attention will help you overcome obstacles, optimize your nutrition, and achieve athletic excellence. Race Smart's Susan Kitchen is a board-certified sports-registered dietitian, Level 2 Endurance USA T coach, Ironman coach, and holds a Master's in Nutrition. Race Smart services include sport and daily nutrition consultations, sweat and electrolyte testing, and personalized triathlon coaching. If you'd like to find out more about what Susan is up to at Race Smart, all you need to do is head over to racesmart.com or simply head over to the conaedge.com forward slash coaching and you can click straight through from there. If you're a coach and you'd like to be featured in the Coach's Corner, all you need to do is head over to that URL as well. It's theconaedge.com forward slash coaching. Scroll all the way down to the bottom of that page for more details. Listening 
to the Cone Edge. I'm Brad Brown, and we head to Sacramento, California now to catch up with Tina Eakin. Tina, welcome onto the Cone Edge. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Brad. It's a pleasure to be here. It's my honor. I'm super excited to, to chat to you. I, I get to chat to athletes from, from all over and vast age age groups, and, and, and I love chatting to, to, to athletes, and you've got a, a pretty cool story to share as well. Tina, triathlon, where, where did it all start for you? Well, actually, Brad, you know, I... Um I, I was never really athletic in high school. I started running in 1989, actually to lose weight. I'm a recovering alcoholic, so um, I kind of switched from uh, drinking to running. But I actually didn't get into triathlon until 1999 in Hawaii. I was stationed there with the Navy. And I started swimming, I'll, I'll back up, in 1997, I started swimming to be a SAR swimmer in the Navy, a search and rescue swimmer. Um, not having any swimming background, I thought, I'm, I'm a runner, I'm going to, you know, this is going to be easy. Well. It definitely wasn't, and I'm still improving daily on swimming. So I started in 99 in Hawaii real quick. I did my first sprint triathlon, did my first half in 2000. Immediately got a coach, by the way. I really believe in having a coach. Um, I did Ironman New Zealand was my first Ironman in 2001. I had the goal of qualifying, which I have to say for your first Ironman, that's not smart, at least for age groupers. I actually was fifth overall in my age group, but I had a flat on the bike and so I was devastated. So long story short, I didn't go to the roll down meeting. Because of that, I lost my slot because I would have had it. But because I was military, I was able to actually get into Kona. So Kona was my first one, 2001. I qualified in Ironman Australia in 2002. I did a 10, 13, won my age group. And I went to Kona in 2002 as well in October. Um, since then, it was 2009. I had a break because of military, you know, work. Um, I shattered my ankle in 2007, kind of just picking up on some of that stuff. So I uh, qualified in Ironman Wisconsin 2013, for, but I didn't take it because of my job. Qualified in 2010 at Louisville, didn't take it because of my job. Um, so I did Kona last year, 2016. That was my last one for Kona. So you, you've been a few times, and that first one, there's a lesson in there. Always go to the roll-down meeting. I'm sure, I mean, you, you got in, like you say, through military, but uh, I wonder how many people have never gone to the Big Islands and, and have missed out on roll-down slots. Oh, I preach that to I have a friend a couple of friends that really want to qualify and I'm like you got to go down to the roll down meeting because you just never know and that was an experience that you know that I definitely learned from so I try to share it with others absolutely let's let's go back to the beginning if we can you you talk about starting to run uh, as an alcoholic uh, and sort of change I mean vastly different obviously the the change in lifestyle tell me a little bit about sort of what got you you talk about losing weight what, what was thinking about starting out and, and getting going Okay, I'll, I'll elaborate on that. Like I said, I was I went to my first treatment center when, in 1988. I was 18 years old, just a young kid, didn't know you know didn't know anything about life. But like I said, I have an alcohol problem, and I was 190 pounds at the time, and I was just drinking and eating, and I just decided that you know running just I, I just thought well running will help me lose weight. So of course I started out running a block, two blocks, a mile, a half a mile. Um, since then I did have a I, I'm almost 19 years sober on on uh, Friday. But I did have a couple relapses, you know, since 1989. Mm. So I haven't been sober since then. But it's been almost 19 years, and um, it's been a blessing. I, I've been to AA meetings. Not to talk about all that, but, I mean, it is part of my story. It's a big part of my story. I mean, that, and, um, that's incredible. Congratulations. I, I know, I mean, having uh, sort of friends and family with, with uh, sort of addiction issues, and, and I know how hard it is. So hats off to you. That, that, is, that is absolutely incredible. Well done. Especially, especially at eighteen. Uh, I, I mean, that for me is just—I'm—I'm uh, I'm dumbfounded. I, I don't know any eighteen-year-olds who have got the sense to to decide they want to clean themselves out. But uh, congratulations! And then the the sort of transition into into triathlon. You, you mentioned being being based in in Hawaii was was the Ironman World Championships. Did that have anything to to do with it? 
Well, honestly, Brad, funny enough, no, I didn't know much about Kona at the time. I didn't know much about Ironman. But what happened was, like I said, I was already running and I got into SAR for swimming. I got into SAR school for swimming. And then, of course, I wanted to get better at swimming. And I did go to SAR school, successfully completed it. And then in, um, I went to Australia with the ship. I was stationed overseas. You know, I mean, I did six month Westpac. And that's where I got the idea of triathlon was in was in Australia, right? Because it's so big over there. So I rented a bike when I was over there. I remember I would ride to the ocean, and I would just swim along the shore because I was so afraid of sharks and all that. <laughs> um, and I wasn't a swimmer. And that's actually where I got the idea. So '99, I started cycling. I found a good friend, Ben Sombrano. I just bring him up because he really got me into the cycling aspect of it. And then, uh, then I just decided to do my first triathlon, and that was kind of it. Went from there. You know, I immediately got a uh, went into like a half Ironman uh, group, and um, from there I got a coach and. And, uh, yeah, it's history from there. <laughs> can, can you remember that first one? How did it go? Oh, it was actually – I remember how nervous I was, and every time I see somebody that's their first, I always like to – I love to talk to them. I love the enthusiasm. I was actually fifth woman overall, which kind of um, surprised me. But I was like, wow, I guess I'm kind of good at this. So that really strived me to continue on as well. But I just love the sport. I truly do. And the people are awesome. Were you were you active as a as a youngster as a kid? I mean, did you play much sport growing up or not really? Um, I mean, I did. I was into basketball. I was into girls hockey for a little while because I'm from Michigan, you know, where there's a lot of snow. I mean, but I was never into running. I remember doing track, you know, just but I was like the hundred, two hundred, and even today, Brad. If I try to run a hundred, four hundred, anybody's going to beat me because I don't have that anaerobic pickup. But I I did it just because it was part of school and I enjoyed sports. But I was never serious into it like I like I became and I am now. What, what is it? What is it about triathlon? What What do you think it is that's that's kept you sort of in it so long? Uh, you, you'll see a lot of people come into the sport; they'll do an Ironman and you never see them again. But you've been around the sport for a while. Well, I think part of it is I'm just driven. I mean, I like to have goals, and for me, you know, I love to to work out and I love to train, and uh, but I'm driven and I like to have those goals. And also, I've met so many wonderful people. No matter where I go, like I said, I've traveled a lot, military. I've been with many cycling groups, um, you know, swimming, ma- masters. But I say all that to say the people are just wonderful. You know, you just you never find a, you know, I mean, I've never had a bad experience with any of the triathletes or any athletes. So. Tina, in your career, how many full Ironman triathlons have you have you done? Not Kona, but uh, across the board. Well, I've done ten total. All right. How many more do you That's think? It. How many more do you think you've still got in you? Well, I'm signed up for one next year. Um, <laughs> the only reason I didn't do any this year, Brad, was because of my knee. I, I had a minor uh, knee to bring. I think I mentioned that to you. It was, uh, it was a meniscus tear, but when the doctor went in, it had healed itself. I was doing the prehab stuff. You know, I preached that. You need to do that rehab stuff. But anyway, and that was a minor debridement. So that kind of really bummed me out for this year. But um, I'm ready to get back at it next year. I'm already running. I'm going for a run today, and I have a great coach, Joanna Zeiger. Um, she's awesome. So, but yeah, I'm ready to get back to it. I don't know how many more I have, but... I'm going to keep going until I can, I guess. <laughs> I, I love that. I absolutely love that. And and I've I've mentioned him quite a bit on the podcast. My dad did his his first Ironman at 67. I uh, had never done a triathlon in his life and, and got a bee in his bonnet and said, I want to do an Ironman. So I'm also, I, I love it. I think it's uh, it's an amazing sport. And yeah, do it as, as long as you can. Bouncing back from injuries, you, you've had a couple. You mentioned you shattered your ankle. You mentioned the knee injury that you've had this year. It's par for the course, and particularly as you get older, it's uh, the the body doesn't hold up as as well as it, it used to. How do you deal with it? Is it something that you you struggle with dealing with not being able to train and race? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have to be honest and say, you know, I definitely have you know struggled. Like with my, I, I'll bring up the ankle because that was such a major thing. I was in airborne school, jumped up uh, perfectly at airplane, and shattered my ankle. So that was hard. 
Um, but I guess I kept doing something. I mean, I was in the hospital. Uh, I got out of the hospital on a Friday. I went home on to Michigan on the uh, next Tuesday, and I was in the gym with my crutches. I was doing what I could because, you know, I just don't want to stop. And I just have to tell people that when you get injured, I know that we all deal with it. You just you just can't stop. You just got to keep going. And, and what my coach, Johanna Zeiger, I've been working her with her for about three months, and she just says you just got to focus on what you can do and what you can't do. You know, because if you focus on what you can't do, it's just – it's really going to get you down. So, and with all the rehab exercises I've done, those are things we probably should do anyway on a regular basis, but um, they really got me through. So just continue to do whatever you can, I guess. I guess that's also one of the benefits of, of a sport like triathlon, where it's not just one discipline, that if you are struggling with a running injury, for instance, and you could possibly still swim or you, you could get on the bike, at least you're not doing nothing. And, and that's the key is, is, like you say, focus on what you can do, not on what, uh, what you can't do. Right, exactly. And swimming, I'm like I said, that's my weakest of the three. And I have been going to Masters here in California. I love Masters programs. I, I recommend that if you have them in your area. But um, yeah, I, I just I've been swimming a lot. So um, whatever you can do, that's the main thing. Definitely. Tina, what are you what are you working on at the moment? What are you trying to get better at? Everything. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I'm still going to swimming. Um, you know that seems to be my nemesis. I just I get I, I, it it it's one of my things that I get really frustrated at because it. I didn't grow up swimming. I didn't swim until I was 27 years old and I was self-taught. So that's my main thing. And, and I enjoy it, though, because I go to the master's programs and there's all these awesome people. Like I said, I've met awesome people. And I, you know, I have women that I actually swim with, you know, like this one gal and I were the same pace. So that that helps. But that's currently my big thing swimming. But like I said, I'm, I'm happy to be back at running and, and cycling as well. What, what are you most proud of? What am I most proud of? Um, uh well, other than my recovery and alcoholism, of course, that's my biggest my biggest uh, thing that I'm proud of. But um, I was uh, Navy Athlete of the Year in 2002. Um, that was a, that was a real uh, that was a very proud moment for me. My parents came to D.C. with me to get that award, and I guess that just um, I don't know. That's one thing that I'm very proud of. As far as racing on the Big Island, you've experienced it a, a few times. You you know what you're in for. Uh, what, what advice would you give to somebody who's who's possibly heading out to Kona for their first time now? As we're recording this, not long to go to race day. Uh, what what advice would you give to to someone who's possibly racing their first World Champs? Well, first off, I have to say the first thing is is just to to race it, just to finish. You know, I mean that Kona is a totally different Ironman than any others. Um, be prepared for some wind on the bike, possibly. Um, and heat, it's hot there. I personally love the heat. I train in the heat, and I think that's one of my advantages because I love it. But just just be ready for anything because Kona it brings you, you know, you never, you know, you don't know what to expect. I've done it five times, and every year, you know, you think that you can PR and do better, but it just depends on the condition. Do do you, I mean having been there five times? Do you feel like you've got unfinished business on the island, or or you just go back and uh, you, you want to see how, how how you can go? Well, honestly, Brad, I won. I'm sorry, I was second in my age group last year, so I would like to win my age group. Am I saying I can't or will? No, but I, that is my that's my goal. So the short answer is there's definitely unfinished business. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Tina, talk to me about sort of work when you were working, and, and you've mentioned you, you've you've traveled a lot for for work in in the military. And training. Uh, I, I always love hearing how people get the balance right of, of whatever their circumstances are in life, if they've, they've got a family and kids. And, but for you, obviously, you, you've traveled quite a bit. And how, do, how have you sort of coped with, with getting your training in when you needed to get it, to get it in uh, around the world, well, essentially? 
Yeah. First off, right now, I'm going to be honest, I'm not working. I, since I moved to California, I haven't worked. I do go to school online for my master's degree. Um, but backing up to military, you know, I, I, I have to say they, they, I was very fortunate in the military. You know, sometimes we would get longer lunches for working out. You know, they really promoted that. I raced for the armed forces. Uh, I raced in the armed forces Olympics quite a few years as well. And that, so that was a big part of my lifestyle. But at the same time, I did deploy to Afghanistan and I, that year I was training for Ironman Wisconsin. So I had to go on a stationary bike for three hours at a time. I had to be on the treadmill, you know, all those, um, and I couldn't swim. There was also times where I just had to fit in a 30 minute quick uh, workout at lunch. So I have definitely dealt with work. Um, like I said, I don't work currently, but I know what it's like. You just, with work and you just got to put it, put it in when, when you can. Now, of course I don't have kids, so I, I, I don't know that aspect of it, but I know that it's just about getting workouts in when you can. And if you can only do 30 minutes, do 30 minutes it's better than you know better than nothing so. yeah and and i'm guessing in in the line of work you're in as well that a lot of things a lot of times things would pop up that you couldn't necessarily on a on a sunday evening for example plan what your week was going to be like and go well that's where i've got a gap so i'm going to get a, a, a run in there and that's where i've got a bike you almost need to have everything sort of laid out and ready to go so that at last minute you can say okay i've got half an hour as you say and, and i'm going to head for a run Right, exactly. And, you know, I remember being in Korea, stationed in Korea, and we would have to be at formation at 5 in the morning. So I would go out at 2.30 and go for an hour or two-hour run. I mean, I just did it whenever I could. You know, I had a gym membership at 24-hour because, you know, you just did it when you could. And, and um, so, yeah, you just got to basically be ready and, and put it put it in there when you can. Wow, that's incredible. 2.30, 2.30 in the morning runs in Korea. That sounds like fun. <laughs> well, it was on the base. You know, it was like a six-mile. <laughs> I didn't like running in the dark, but there again, you know, you just got to – put it in my thing is i don't like being cold that's i guess that's the, something that i have a hard time working with but yeah but as far as like running in the dark i just dealt with it for sure it, it concerns me that you don't like the cold and you spent quite a bit of your life in michigan no i yeah well i grew up in michigan <laughs> i left at the age of 19 and whenever i go back it's not cold <laughs> it's not winter time how's that <laughs> i love that i love that looking at uh sort of newbies getting into the sport you you talk about the enthusiasm and you you love chatting to them at, at races and that sort of thing what advice would you give to someone who's just starting out in the sport and and maybe just trying to find their way in in triathlon do you think everyone should do an ironman or, or is it a case of ease yourself in and find out what what works for you i think personally you should just find out what works for you You know and, and honestly when i see younger kids doing it and i say kids because you know i mean i'm 47 but when 18, 19, 20, even in their early 20s. I think that's kind of young for an Ironman. That's just my personal opinion. Don't take it as, you know, but if you want to be doing Ironman, you know, or running even for 50, 30, 40, 50 years, you know, when the, the younger you start, the I would think that, you know, that you're going to end it earlier. And that's just my opinion. But, um, you know, I just think that somebody that wants to get into triathlon should just get in there and do one and just see if, if the longer distances are for them. Because there again, with working, some people find that half, iron, half Ironmans are easier to you know, to fit in because that's not as much training. So I just think that people should find their niche. For you, what will you say your niche is? What do you What do you love doing? Are, are you a big fan of the long ones? Is that your favorite? Oh, yeah, Ironman's my favorite. What? I love the distance. What is it? What, what's the attraction? I guess it's just um, just being out there and just pushing myself and, you know, just um, I just love the challenge. And I just love, I, like with running, I, I would rather do a marathon than a two-mile run. You know, it's just... I, um, running is my true love, my you know my the favorite of free. But yeah, I just love being out there. It's just it's just an awesome feeling. You know, you have your ups and downs, and and the times where you say, why am I doing this? You know, I want to quit, but you just you just keep going. What's been the biggest life lesson that Iron Man has taught you? Just to never give up. 
you know, and and two, it's like you mentioned your your father doing it sixty seven, and you know I see these you you've seen them too, eighty seven, eighty two, eighty. You know, you just your body. It's amazing what the human body can do. It's amazing what the human body can take. But it's truly, I think a lot of times, and I, when I was in the military, you know, I, I would work with the soldiers for running, and they'd say, I can't do this, Sergeant Eek, and I'd say, you know, it's all in your head. It's not all in your head, but I think ninety percent of it is mental. So I just think that you know you can do whatever you, you know, within limits. But I mean, I think it's just amazing what the human body can do, and it's it's a lot of it is mental. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I always joke and I say a marathon's not 26 miles, it's six inches, and it's the six inches between your ears. Anyone can run a marathon. You just need to decide you want to run a marathon. Right, right, exactly, yeah. Tina, looking at at sort of mistakes that people make in the sport, have you got any sort of glaring ones that looking back at your Ironman career that you go, oh, man, I've made a couple of mistakes, and, and what are some of the lessons that you've learned from those mistakes? Well, like I said, the first one I've already shared, it was my first Ironman, how, you know, I was just devastated that I didn't qualify. You know, I that was my, that I, told, I mentioned I had a flat tire in that race, and that was my first flat in a race, and it took me like, you know, 10 minutes to, because I was freaking out, but I, I did change it, and I moved on. Um, I'll share this with you in Kona one year. I don't remember if it was 2009, but I had a flat, well, I had recently changed over CO2, so I had one threaded CO2 with a threadless, you know, that, so I didn't have <laughs> CO2. So I'm standing on the side going, hey, help me, help me. And, of course, you know, finally somebody threw me a, a CO2 cartridge. And, and that's just kind of that, – that lesson was, you know, you need to make sure you, you QAQC your gear, as they say in the military. Just check your gear. Check to make sure you have everything. I'm disappointed with a military background. You shouldn't be making mistakes like that, Tina. <laughs> I know, and I'm admitting it. <laughs> I love that. As as far as people you look up to in the sport, I mean, obviously there's some great pros, but uh, you've raced against some really good age groupers in your career as well. Who who do you look up to in in the sport? Who do you think is is just fantastic? Well, age groupers. I mean, I don't know it's because I've moved so much. You know, I don't know. Um, I think Diane Hassel. She's did she used to be a pro? I'm not sure, but she's a really strong age grouper. Um, and I have friends, uh, Wendy Miner, she, she used to, I don't think she does Kona anymore, but she's probably in her 70s now, but she still does Xterras, and she used to do really weird Ironman races. Uh, Teresa Ryder-Jones, who is Scott Jones' wife, Scott Jones used to be my coach. Both of them athletes, I really admire them. I think Scott, although he's taking a break now because of his work, he's going to be back at it. Teresa, I'm not sure if she's racing anymore. She was from Australia, so um, those are some amazing age group athletes. And, and as far as pros go, who do you, who do you think's just fantastic? Uh, Paula Newby Frazier, of course, she's yep. a legend. Right? Um, I have to mention my coach, Joanna Zeiger, because, you know, although her career was cut short, she's just an amazing athlete in person. Um, you know, uh, Liz Lyles, I just watched her run the Ironman Chattanooga 7.15 pace. I mean, just amazing. Um, there's so many of them. I can't. Oh, uh, Tim O'Donnell, I actually raced with him in the Navy. I can't say I raced with him because, of course, you know, it wasn't side by side or anything, yep. but he's an amazing athlete. And his wife, Miranda Carefree, there's just so many. Yeah, he's yeah. A, he's an incredible guy. And then talk to me about coaching. You, you've mentioned you, you've had a few coaches, and you got a coach fairly early on in your in your triathlon career. What's I mean, why was it so important to you? What what I mean, you say you always tell people to get a coach. What what what's your thinking behind that? Well, uh, first off, I like a schedule. I'm very driven with tell me what to do and I'll do it. So that's that's one. But I think that having a coach really for me it tames me down. So get left to my own devices, I would go out and run a ten mile run today because that's what I want to do. Having a coach, she says, well, no, you have to do this. So for me, I believe that all triathletes, let me not say all, most triathletes are type A, don't take this in offense, but you know, we're all <laughs> driven, right? So I think having a coach to tell you, you know, yeah, you want to run 20 miles, but maybe you should just run 10 miles or, you know, so I think that's very important to prevent injury. 
and you know to prevent burnout and all that now like i said i had a you know my my first coach and when i first started and i pretty much have, a, have had a coach ever since off and on but more on than off what, what do you look for in a coach well, honestly, you know, first off, I want to see that they're a triathlete. I want to see that they have results. Um, I just think that that's important. Um, you know, I had Cliff Rigsby, rest his soul. He, he passed away last year. He was a very uh, prominent figure in Hawaii. Um, he was a great athlete. Scott Jones is still a great athlete. And Joanna, of course, you know, she's phenomenal. So to me, it's just important that, um, you know, they have race. And, and also that they understand. Joanna understands injuries. She's had so many. And, you know, just kind of I look for what I'm, you know, injuries and, and uh like I said, just if they've been a triathlete. Absolutely. Well, Tina, it's been great catching up. I look forward to talking about uh, the individual disciplines, but we'll save that uh, for the next time you're on the Coneys. Thanks for your time today. Right on. Thank you so much, Brad. This episode of the Cone Edge is brought to you by the Wahoo Kicker. Whether you're looking for the accuracy and control of a direct drive bike trainer or the flexibility and convenience of a wheel-on solution, Kicker and Kicker Snap are two distinct indoor training solutions. Kicker Indoor Trainer's large flywheel uses new algorithms to improve responsiveness and better replicate the sensation of riding on the road. So whether free riding or using online platforms like Zwift and Trainerode, you'll have the same experience you feel on your favorite outdoor rides. To check out their phenomenal range, head over to thekonaedge.com forward slash indoor. That's thekonaedge.com forward slash indoor. for listening to this edition of the Cone Edge and uh, yeah I hope you enjoyed that I absolutely loved the time I spent with Tina we're going to get her back on in uh, a week and a bit from now to talk a little bit about her swimming but uh, yeah we'll save that for next week Thursday as we're recording this so make sure you tune in then the easiest way to not miss out is hit the subscribe button in whichever app you use so if it's uh, in iTunes uh, or if it's in the, the, the native Apple player or if it's in Overcast I personally love Overcast and I'll tell you why because I get to listen to podcasts in double speed so uh, actually 2.5 I'm a nutter like that I get through a lot of uh, podcast content uh, I've got, uh, I'm sure I've got a little bit of ADD in me and I just love listening to things really fast because it keeps me engaged uh, and my mind doesn't drift. I need to concentrate. So uh, yeah, Overcast uh, app. I think it's overcast.fm. If you're looking for a podcast player, that is fantastic. Go check it out. Uh, until tomorrow from myself, Brad Brown. It's cheers. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Kona Edge. Don't forget to connect with us on social media. Simply search for the Kona Edge.